G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. Alan Fletcher here, aka Dr. Carl Kennedy from Neighbours. It is Kim Valentine here, or Libby Kennedy from Neighbours. It is Jason Cruz here, also known as Nicholas Atkins. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. The best podcast in the entire world. JK, Adam and Kim, thanks for taking me down memory lane. You are the best UK Neighbours that anyone could ask for. Welcome to the Neighbourhood Rewatch Podcast. I am your host of Sarge, JK, and today we have Tim with us. It's actually me. I'm still here. Yes, Tim. is is disease-free. Well, well, we don't know that. <laughs> Straight away. Not, that's not what Grace was saying earlier. <laughs> and of course, we have Adam as well. Uh, Tim is just absolutely just fucking neck to whiskey in one go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I had one sip left. <laughs> That was, That's what you need to get through one of these. <laughs> that was that was at least two fingers. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're an award-winning podcast. That's sometimes about neighbors. Sometimes because we do watch these episodes of neighbors on a website called Vimeo uh, in the dark deep reaches of the internet. Uh from a channel called UK Neighbors Fans Forever. Uh, I know you're all thinking, oh shit, is he messaged back yet? Have you got some exciting news? Have I fuck? I've got no this guy or girl has still not responded. I have put a little thing out on the socials to try and help track this person down, see if we can get him on. Stay tuned. Maybe next week I'll have some exciting news. Or maybe I won't. Uh, episodes 4017 <laughs> to 4021. Uh, first storyline I want to talk about, Delta Goodrum. So, Tim, you weren't here the other week, but I correctly predicted that. So, let's walk it back a little bit. So, Connor has sent in Born to Try to Toadie's radio show because he's doing a find the next star X Factor kind of yeah. thing. Connor was like, brilliant. She's wrote Born to Try. It's a fucking banger. Let's send it in. Send it in, but he's not so he's not told anyone who sang it. So, so there's this big thing going on and going, who's this mystery singer who's wrote Born to Try by Del Goodrum? Uh, I predicted that Tani, the school scrubber, would claim it was her because she can sing a little bit as well. And she has done to the point where she, so they were playing the record again. They're like, yeah, still don't know who this is. I've got no exciting news about who this person is who's singing it. And uh, so Tony goes, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking tell him it's me. So rings him up and goes, yeah, it was me. And Tony's like, well, I, anybody could just say that. I need you to come down and sing it. Have you two ever done that? Taken credit that wasn't you? I've probably taken loads of credit for stuff Adam's done in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't don't really know about that. Go on. <laughs> I don't know. Any, any sort of success with this podcast, I've played it for. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going, nope, that was my idea. <laughs> I thought you meant like in life, like you've like gone out on a date or something and then just gone as me or something <laughs> and just told them, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I do this. This is my job. Um, you that was know, a neighbor's storyline as well. Day champion three years in a row. That would have been good, actually. The other day when he was doing impressions of us, for uh, when he was reading the, the AI-generated podcast, he could just go out in character as you. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't recommend it. It doesn't, it doesn't help me out. So. <laughs> Tim, have you ever taken like credit for anything? Or, like, I don't know, claimed, like, like got up on stage and, and like told stories and things and said they were your stories and tried to make people laugh with them when they really weren't your stories to tell? Have you ever done that? <laughs> I am allowed to take the piss out of my friends. That, I think that <laughs> you two do it to me, I do it to you. The fact that I did it in front of 200 people is that's, that's just how the cookie crumbles. 
Um, Jay should have been there. You could have stormed the stage. You could have stopped me. I could have, I could have like Joe Rogan style, got up the stage going, this cunt's nicking my jokes. <laughs> that would have been good. And then I would have gone, this cunt is the joke. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have been a bit. We'd have been a duo. We'd have been famous by now. But you did. I would have oh. sat in the back and pre- pretended I didn't know either of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just sidled out quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, Tani has pretended to be Delta. Told he's like, well, any cunt could just ring up and say, yeah, I'm Delta Goodrum. I wrote, I wrote board to try. You're going to need to prove it. You're going to come need, need to come down to the radio station and sing it live on air tomorrow. Uh, so she's like, yeah, I couldn't. I will. Not a problem. And like, Shell and Delta are like, how the fuck are you going to do this? Like, she's like, just fucking sing a song, don't you? I'll just learn the worst tonight. I already, I already know that. I already know the chorus. I'll just... She's got the fucking bullshit confidence like you have. <laughs> Is she going to write the whole fucking album before she gets there as well? She could live it. Like, you could live off Born to Try. If I wrote Born to Try... I'd be still living off that right now because it must get a fucking one song. Yeah, you could, you could definitely live off that. Like, think about all those one-hit wonders. They defo still get a royal chick every year and go, fantastic. That's my holiday sorted. That's that's the car insurance. Brilliantly. I'll be honest with you. Actual Delta Goodrum. I couldn't tell you any any more of her fucking songs. <laughs> so if anyone's I, done it off one song, it's Delta Goodrum. <laughs> I couldn't tell you one now, and we've been talking about it for the last ten minutes. Well, there's one to try. Uh... Innocent Eyes, I think that's one. That's you're, the name of the album. You're just making that up. You yeah. could say anything. If we, if if I was on Popmaster and they said name three, you know, for the top prize, name five Delta Goodrum songs, I wouldn't be able to get to five, which is usually how how it goes when I try and do. If you just said the question was name three and you said you couldn't get to five, we we need to work on your counting again because that was a weird thing to say. What the fuck's Popmaster? You know what? It's the Ken Bruce radio thing on. Well, it was on Radio 2. He's now moved over to some digital... You almost said then. You've never watched Popmaster. It's on the <laughs> fucking radio. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch radio these days. I'm pretty sure you can watch all of Radio X online if you wanted to. You just watch me. It's not, the, it's not the first thing you think about when you think of radio, though, is it? Fucking watching it. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so Popmaster... Um, <laughs> The last question is always name five tracks by by this art top artist. There's like the bonus round question. I couldn't name five Delta Gurum songs at all, so I wouldn't. I would not be going with home with any money there at all. Um, and but Tani, it should, could be getting all that money if she'd have just fucking got a chance to sing it because she gets the radio station next day. They do a little interview beforehand. Tony, Tony's somehow fit a couch into the radio station, and he's got her on the couch, and they're having a. What conversation? She's like, oh, what's this song about? She's like, oh, it's about this and about that and really vague. And they're like, right, brilliant. It's she a says great it's about love. That's what she says. Yeah. That's still vague, though. Love's very vague. It's very vague, but that's what she says. She says it's a song <laughs> about love. She doesn't, she, she doesn't go, it's about this, it's about that. <laughs> She's very specific in the fact that she says this song is about love. Definitive answer. You could say that about every song, though. Name another Delta, Delta Goodrum song that that's, that's, about, that, that's about love. Uh, Innocent Eyes. Correct. <laughs> uh, since you've been got on, that's not Del Goodrum, is it? No, that's the other one. I mean, the, the obvious one top of the list on Spotify is a song called Lost Without You. It's called can't, that one. Can't not be about love. Um, Born to Try, song about JK. Um, <laughs> that's Porn to Try. <laughs> no, that, that's Born to Try half heartedly. And they just go, yeah, job done. Brilliant. <sighs> Please. I 
Every song is about love. Every single song. Ridiculous. Tell me a song that isn't about love. Oh, you've set me a challenge. Oh, (laughs) all right. It's not. It's not going to take me long. Um, (laughs) I mean, what what's Gangsters Paradise about? Loving being a gangster, about the love of being a gangster, <laughs> the love between gangsters, and they're all in love, and they're therefore in paradise. They're, they're all in love. Okay. <laughs> Coolio is not going to appreciate that very much, but sure. <laughs> Go on, give me another one. Um, the Way I Am by Eminem. He just loves the way he is. <laughs> loves himself. About love. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I think you've you've proved your theory right there. Thank you very much. Yeah. So she's about she's done her interview. She's about to get on stage and sing it. And Delta Godrum's had a fucking right go at kind of going, This is your fucking mess. You need to sort it out. So he's like, right, I'm gonna sort this out. And the only best way you can figure out sorting it out is stopping the whole proceeding. So as she's about to sing, he's like, Nope, stop, stop, stop it all. She's a fucking liar. She's a school fucking scrubber. She's not wrote this song. Delta Godrum's wrote it. And Tony's like all right, then, fucking prove it, cunts. Tani, get off stage. Delta Goodrum, get up. So Delta is like, oh, no, I don't want to get up. I'm shy. Pulls the, pulls the sleeves over. The, pushes like a thing, like a hair behind her ear. So, so fucking shy. And she gets up on stage and she's like, <clears throat> so this is my song, Born to Try. And she's like, uh, uh, uh. and they're like, boo, you've not wrote Born to Try, you dick. Get off the stage. She's like, no, no, I'm, I, I just need to warm up my vocals. Oh, I hate this. It's horrible already. <laughs> it wasn't exactly like this, by the way. So don't, <laughs> don't worry too much, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she does manage to belt out the chorus eventually. Um, which I think, again, Tani was like, I could learn the chorus in the night. Not a problem. I, I, I feel like Tony should have at least asked for one verse. Going, all right, if you wrote it, tell us what the third verse is. She would have gone love and he would have gone correct. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so they then do the interview with Delta and like, oh, what what inspired you to write this song? And she's like, oh no, I just love songs over <laughs> uh, At this point, Shell has not been suspicious of Connor and Delta at any point. Point, even though they've been spending loads of fucking time together, sneaking off together without Shell knowing. Anytime anything happens, they're just in a little corner. And Shell's like, what are you up to? He's like, nothing, nothing, no, nothing here. But she finally gets a little bit soft and. Tani is not taking this humiliation at all. So she's she's been holding stuff over Delta for a while now because she's got proof that Delta loves Connor. So she goes to the coffee shop and goes, right, I've got these fucking handwritten lyrics here and they're all about Connor because Delta Goodrum loves Connor. That's what kind of girl she is and she wants him over you, Shell, and she will stab you in the back to get him. What do you think about that? Um, Shell storms off. She can't believe it. Um Connor tries to say, you know, I didn't know. And he's like, you must have known. You must have known that she loved you. She wrote Born to Try for you. How could you not know? Um... It's such a weird storyline if you really think about what this is about. It's about love, Tim. Like all great (laughs) (laughs) storylines. Tell me a story that isn't about love. Oh, God. Schindler's List. G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. Though I'd like to know what awards they won. They didn't tell me. So Joe Scully has been 
off with Shell for a little while because he's still pissed off that she lied to him about applying for New York. Uh, but the second he sees his little girl coming home in floods of tears, and yeah, he, he just rallies around her. He's like, right, don't worry. You've got. She's like, I've got my interview for New York tomorrow. I can't go like this. He's like, don't worry. I'm going to go with you. And if don't let you in, I'll just fucking beat them up. Joe Scully is the best character ever in Neighbours. He's we, we, we big him up a lot on this show in that kind of way. We're like Joe Scully, beats people up and fucks shit up and blah, blah, blah. He is the greatest character in Neighbours. He's got the most range. He is an actual human character who shows emotion. Like, he goes through the, a lot of shit. We'll get to his fucking working out montage in a minute, which was fucking incredible, by the way. <laughs> you were saying the other week how you love a fucking montage. This is the greatest one since fucking Rocky. So, um, I think he's brilliant because he's, he, he's, he's got, he's so angry with Shell. Then he has to decide he's going to go to the interview, which is fucking brilliant. He's sorting things out. He's on Connor's side. He believes Connor, even though his daughter's fucking crying about it, because he gets it. Lynn's still trying to bang him for another kid. He ain't forgotten that. He's blasting out old school rock tunes in his garage at this stage for no reason that we know about. <laughs> and he somehow got the license to play these actual songs, which I <laughs> thought was weird. Like they play proper songs for some reason. Yeah, that's yeah, that was it's really good. Um yeah, so uh, he's the best character in Neighbours. He is completely level-headed. Fits he's loads, loads into his day as well. You need him on. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to convert this garage as well as do a training montage. But why does he want to convert the garage? He feels like he needs a, a space for himself. He wants something just for him. He's given so much to his family, to his daughters, and he keeps getting fucked by his wife, even though he just wants to fucking eat donuts. He wants his own little bit of time. He never gets anything just for him. I was like, fucking hell, that's fucking brilliant. He's the kind of person, you know, like Dr. Cox in, in um, Scrubs, who you just want approval from, even though he's a grouchy, like, scary bastard. He's that character. That's what Jonathan thinks of you. <laughs> Maybe in the season finale, he'll get it. But at the moment, stop being a cunt and why'd you make me stay up so late? <laughs> <laughs> Just let me check the window. Yeah, it's still light outside. Still light. Um, if you're watching this on your fucking audio, you'll be able to see how fucking light it is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Joe's just super like level-headed about all of this. Like I said, doesn't pick size, doesn't, doesn't sort sorts everything out. And so Sheldon gets Sheldon and Connor talking again, but it is over. Shell and in quite a mature move for Shell as well. It's like, listen, I can't trust you. You lied to me about able to read. You've lied to me about this. You've kept this from me. I can't trust you. And if there's no trust, we can't. there's no relationship. So, right. Did you think that was a mature move from Shell? Because I thought, whoa, someone's acting like a fucking 12-year-old here. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, I think, and just when you said that, then I thought, of course you think that's a mature move. <laughs> and of course I've thought that's fucking childish. <laughs> because, so, there's, there's literally no proof that anything's happened. Literally none. Connor tells her what's happened. I was ju- Nina asked me to... Nina, fucking hell. Delta Goodrum asked me to keep this a secret because she's fucking shy and she fucking pulls a sleeve over hand like this. So she must be... So I was being a friend. I just couldn't tell you. Like, really sorry. I love you. But ne- I was being a friend to, uh, to Delta Goodrum. She said, don't tell anyone I had to keep the secret. That And we, we know because we're the fucking audience. That's what is true. That's what happened. At no time during the past few months has he ever even... There, has there even been like a little sniff of him holding her hand or anything, fuck me. Um, so instead of Shell going, 
oh, yeah, okay, yeah, because I know she's always shy because she wears a ponytail. She must be fucking shy. And he's helped her out, and he's a nice guy, and he's a good, you know, he's he says he loves me, and he does, fucking brilliant. She's gone, you talk to other girls. <laughs> we don't like you now. And you've gone, yeah, yeah. she's making a good point there. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he has been scared. He's not been... He's done nothing wrong, except he's, he's not his shy friend. No, he's not lying, but he's not been forthcoming with the truth. No, because he was keeping his friend's secret. He wasn't keeping his friend's friend's secret and motorboating a tits. <laughs> he's literally just gone, I won't tell anyone you're a great singer and you're Delta Goodrum. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fully team shell on this one. You're a fucking little 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, Connor seems sketchy. I've never particularly liked Connor. You've been fucking watching it. You know what he's done. He's done nothing except... Oh, then he had all that dodgy read. shit with Tani. There was all that shit that went before with Tani. He kissed Tani. She yeah, he tried kissed it on her. with him. He still kissed her, though. She kissed him? Nah, it takes two to kiss. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, true. And if, you got, if they've got their eyes open... <laughs> I think Shell's doing the right thing. I think she's seeing... The warning, the warning signs, the the flags here. These go the flags. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular color flag or just flags? Just flags. Flags, <laughs> fucking yeah. Jolly Roger. <laughs> just some cut at the back, just fucking Sarah before and the shit out of things. <laughs> well, there you go. Tim, what would? How do you settle on? Which side do you settle on on this? I can barely fucking tell what's going on. Um, <laughs> but I. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the the stupidity of the statement it takes two to kiss, and just just generally the fact that you tend to make shit up and get confused, I'm more likely to side with Adam anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you, dear listeners? Why don't you let us know on our? Yeah, so if you're a listener of this podcast or a watcher of it, um, fucking let us know what you think. Yeah, at Watch Neighbor, let us know what he's you, still you, doing. Do that you... competition where any fucker who responds to us saying this gets oh can get a scarf. You have to listen to the end. That. Yeah, you have to listen to the end. That competition will have closed by the time this. Uh, I think we what? keep it going until someone replies because I don't think anyone ever will. <laughs> As a default, you get it, Tim. <laughs> well, I, but, I'm the only one that replied. But speaking of scarves, Tim, it's funny that you've mentioned scarves. I won't go, go as far as funny, but go on. <laughs> Peculiar that you've mentioned scarves, Tim. Uh, because, so Joe Scully and Michelle go do off the interview and they're like, yeah, we fucking smashed that. Let's go to the coffee shop and get some milkshake. I liked it when Michelle, because Michelle answers the phone and she does the kind of, oh, mm, didn't go so well. Yeah, it did. I love, I love that. that. I love those. That's my favourite thing. Question of sport used to do that all the time. What the fuck do you mean? So, like, oh, I can't remember what he was saying. I used to watch it when Ian Botham was on and the other dude. Bill Beaumont, was it? That's This is, like, 80s now, so you were about three years old when this happened. Go on, let's let's say the <laughs> bullshit that's going to come out of your mouth now. <laughs> and the presenter, I can't remember what the... Uh, but he'd go, like, so he'd ask Ian Botham or whatever, and he'd go, oh... Any old, was it any old question or a question of sport? <laughs> It was you just realised why they called the programme that, haven't you, now? You just realised now, oh, that's why it's called that. That's why. I wonder why they always had sports people. And they were all, like, questions about sport. Oh. So Ian Botham would give his respect to go, I love, I don't know, whatever the name Always love, I imagine. <laughs> name, name a sport that isn't about love. <laughs> and 
the presenter, whose name is completely eluding that, would go, ah, see. I want to say David there. Coleman. Yeah, that's a good shout. You could say, he'd say, oh, I see what you've done there is you've only got the question right, three points to you. So it was like a fake, ah, oh, you've got it wrong. Only joking, three points to you. Yeah, unfortunately, back then, there was no, like, eight out of ten cats to come and do a spoof version of the show. Because I imagine plenty of people would have been like, yeah, shut the fuck up, you cunt. I knew that was right. You didn't catch me for a second. But he I went and watched sport once. I went and watched it live. Did you? Yeah. Was this 80s, 90s, noughties? I think this was 90s. I can't remember who was on it other than Roger Black. I know Roger Black was on there. 90s, oh, late 90s got to be the best time for it, probably. Yeah, probably. It's been good the last... Is it not fucking Paddy McGuinness now? It's, it's finished. Yeah. They're done. No, I th- I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it's finished because they got thought, oh, Paddy McGuinness is funny. Let's get him to present it. I think it worked on that for a while. Was it Paddy McGuinness? No, it wasn't Paddy McGuinness. It was Super Arca, I think. No, no, I mean, was it Paddy McGuinness that wrecked it or did Peyton tank it and then... Peyton is very good at it. What's her, what is her job? Uh, her job now. She works in... No, when she was doing stuff like that, what was her job? Uh, I bet you don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm think... going out on a limit with a gamble that you haven't got a fucking clue what her job was <laughs> I think she wrote the questions she didn't, <laughs> there's no way she would have wrote the questions, because she knows fuck all about sport nah, she... you don't need to do you, that's why she's asking the questions fair point, yeah <laughs> all, the, all the questions were about Australian cricket and Shane Warne <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with that answer uh, she wrote the questions uh, who ever knows? <laughs> Speaking of scarves, Tim, can't edit all that out. It's good. No, I'll keep that bit in, but I don't know where I go from that bit. What were we actually talking about? She smashed the interview. Oh, did, no, that was it. The, the phone call. That was it. Yeah. So, are you doing a pick me up? Go on. That's what they call it in the business. <laughs> Peyton will be able to tell you that. <laughs> she won't because that wasn't her job. <laughs> so, yeah, Shell. Did the fake, oh, I've got it wrong, I've actually got it. She is going to New York. So they're like, brilliant, let's go to Arrow's Cafe. Some milkshakes, brilliant. Let, let's all go celebrate in true Scully style. And as they're walking there, Delta's decided to go up to Connor and buy him a scarf to thank him for all the support that he's given. Any old scarf. Uh, I'm going to say a red scarf. Is that no, true? it's the most Irish scarf in uh-huh. the world. And I thought it was so ridiculous that for some reason she'd bought him a bright green, or pretty much Irish flag scarf because he's Irish. Why would you buy an Irish person an Irish scarf? So he's Why got- would he have a fucking Irish scarf? He might just have a regular scarf just because he's Irish. He doesn't need a fucking bright green scarf with a fucking leprechaun on it. Sometimes some people want their scarves to stand out a little bit more. They don't want just like a plain black scarf. They want maybe some patterns in it. Some interesting colours. And sometimes they want to wear it with just a t-shirt because they're weird. Oh yeah, so she's bought him a scarf to say thank you. And as she's given him the scarf, he's like, oh yeah, it's my scarf. Shell sees this. She's like, I fucking knew. I fucking knew this guy was dodgy. She's now buying him scarves, which means that she's another end. I mean, show me a scarf that is that doesn't mean love. <laughs> hey guys, this is Marissa, the OG and the best Summer Hoyland, and you're listening to the OG and the best Neighbours podcast, the Neighbourhood Rewatch. Tell me a gift that's never that hasn't been given out of love. That has like, the Trojan horse. That was the love of murdering cunts. Um, but somebody who has been getting gifts is the entire Scully family. We've been getting gifts for a while, Tim. You'll remember this. I'm getting deja vu. Is what I'm getting. Exactly, because you remember what happened. 
probably about two months ago. So they've been getting gifts and they're like, oh, it's that fucking Mark and it. it's not Mark. And they're like, oh, I don't know who it is then. And Flick's like, oh, it's fucking Jack Scully, obviously. He's super rich footballer. Bears on much with David Beckham. It's obviously him. And they're like, oh, yeah, that makes loads of fucking sense. But of course it's him. But then they get a gift that is a picture of the only, the one, the only Darth Valder. And they're like, ah, oh, it's Darth Valder because she got all that money from those fucking stamps. And she sent us a picture of herself to let us know she's coming back. Why is there automatically any connection between these gifts? Stun silence. What do you mean? Well so, done, neighbours writers. They were they getting sent was- a load of gifts. We, we, we didn't. JK said it was Mark. It wasn't. Then some other people thought it might be Jack Scully. It wasn't. Turns out it's Valda. She had a bit of money. She was sending them some presents, and now she's coming back in the next few weeks. As, as Valda said, oh, yeah, all of them were from me. No, top secret. But what we found out was is that Valda's done this before when she sent Lynn some gifts. Um, I think it was a dollhouse or something that she really wanted or something. Um, and she's pro. she's got history of sending people gifts as, like, nice little surprises but not actually telling anybody. It was proper shit. Um, don't get me wrong. <laughs> But that is what is, has happened. So now Flick has got to go and get the diamond bracelet back that she put in the jumble sale that OG Summer found. She's got to somehow get it back. But I'll let you into a little secret, Tim. Summer is not going to let it go that easily. Not a fucking chance. we got we got to ask OG if that bracelet, like, if she's got it still. <laughs> she couldn't remember this fucking storyline at first. <laughs> <laughs> But then when I reminded her what the um, what her scam was, she was like, oh, yeah, that was fucking good. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> another classic scam. So, yeah, Flick and Stu go around and go, right, we need this bracelet back. It's actually from Valda. And she's like, not fucking giving that back. It's a fucking diamond bracelet worth loads of money. And I'm like, well, what can we what can we do for you to make it worth your while? And she's like, what, what Tim, what do you think? Was her what did she want in return? Remember, she's a 10 year old girl, <laughs> yeah, 10 year old girl, but I know what she's like. Um, Tim, you were uh, a 10 year old girl once, what would you want? Yeah, horrible, perverted things. Um, so I mean, am I far off? She, she'll want so far, based on things she's done, she'll want some someone inappropriate to like take her on a date or something. She won't necessarily call it a date. See, I, I, like that. That. I do I like think- that. That's exactly where I thought it was going. I thought she was going to tell her because Stu was there in the background with his dirty T-shirt again. The dirty blue T-shirt that has been popped up a couple of times. Uh, maybe at some point we'll get to ask him about that. Who knows? Um, I thought, yeah, I thought exactly. She's going to go, what do you want? She's going to go, I want Stu right there. <laughs> in, in the back of the car. Has <laughs> this cunt got a limo? He has got a limo. So that's what she settles on, the limo. She's like, I want a limo ride to school, to school with all my mates. Let's get fucking. Oh, she's fucking brilliant, man. She's a great character, clearly acted brilliantly. What the fuck? What were they thinking? We need to keep campaigning. <laughs> so, yeah, she gets all her mates around and they're like, yep, get the limo to school. Fucking brilliant. I might actually show up to school today for a change. It's the one day that month when she's actually going to go. And what I thought was an extra good little bit was she had Flick there with a fucking tray of juice boxes and (laughs) her and all her mates get themselves a juice box and then climb in the back of this fucking limo and go fucking mental on the way to school. It's fucking (laughs) brilliant. And then she's like, that's not it. She gets picked up again in the limo and gets brought home again. And then you see her handing over the bracelets. Because she's, you know, she might have a devil may care attitude, but she's also a girl of a word. So she gave the bracelet up. Solid storyline, that. Why not? 
fucking hell, what was that loud music? Ah, oh, it was rocking though, wasn't it? Are you okay there, Tim? Should I should I have warned you beforehand? Yeah, I'll have a cry, but carry on. <laughs> so that music signifies we're about to talk about the ego. So we left him last week in a non-sexy embrace with Chloe. They're bonded over being robbed. Uh, and Darcy thinks, brilliant, we're even closer now. We're even better mates than beforehand. So he's bought her some champagne. He's like, do you want me to come around tonight and start and drink some champagne together? And she's like, oh, actually, no, I kind of don't want to. I really don't want to be in the house right now. I think I'm just going to go to my beach house for a little bit instead. And Darcy's like, oh, okay, all right, fair enough. Um, he doesn't say that. No, I mean, he pursues it a bit more. But he, he says, oh, great, what time are we going? I'll yeah, he does. That's what he says. Yeah, he does He does assume, but then kind of gets the the idea. And he's a bit crestfallen back. Uh, Susan witnesses all this because she works in the cafe. And she, he's like, oh, I, I thought we were really close, you know, after going through all that. And I don't understand what's going on. Susan's like, she's wise for those 16-year-olds, Susan, because she's like, ah, I think she's hiding her feelings for you. She doesn't want to admit how she really likes you at all. I think she's running away from you, which I think is a very, um, very fair assessment. So Darcy confronts her about this and Chloe's like, oh, listen, we've had some fun, but I just want to move. Something really horrifying and we're going to forget all about it. So Darcy... He's like, oh, I'm going to have to move on with my life. Gets to the pub. And sure enough, he starts getting chatted up by a nurse. Uh, a nurse called Sheena Wilson, who's been in the show before. Apparently she was shagging Toadie at some point. We must have missed that. But yeah, she's a sexy nurse, ex of Toadie's. And she's like, she, she's winding Darcy up a little bit. Just a bit of, bit of workplace banter back and forth. And she's like, ah, oh, you know Cookie, don't you? He's like, yeah, me and Cookie are like fucking bezel mates. And she's like, I really want to get on his course that he's doing at the moment. Can you get me on? He's like, of course, me and Cookie. There's our mates. I'll get you on the course. Cookie shows up at the pub and int- Darcy introduces Sheena and Cookie. And it's uh, just there's just a little hint of lechiness there in the pub. Just a little hint. That there's lechiness in the air, shall you say. Uh, but he gets her on the course anyway. And Sheena's really excited for this. <laughs> yes, Tim? No, I'm just waiting for something to happen. The fucking what? Why? What are you telling me here? I could have just watched the fucking episodes. Yeah, you could have, Tim, but why would you fucking do that? <laughs> <laughs> so Sheena's at his little speech, his little lecture, and she disagrees with him on something. And Cookie does not like being disagreed with at all. He fucking gives it a right back, going, "Why are you disagreeing with me? I'm fucking right. I'm Cookie. You're fucking wrong. You're the nurse. I'm the Cookie. You fucking shut up." And he's yeah, he's just very disrespectful to her. And, humiliates her a little bit um and then she's left off any future workshops he puts a little notice on the board saying right these are the people who come to my next workshop and she's not on the list she's like for fuck's sake it's because i disagreed with him isn't it so she goes to complain to him in the office going you've left me off because i disagreed and you don't like me. and he goes yeah kind of did but balls in your court now how are you going to convince me to get you back on this course i mean this is like that's never the reason why he leaves her off the list. You know that, right? No. <laughs> What's the so, reason? So she goes and says, "Oh, it's because I disagreed with you. You don't, you don't like me." It's not. It's because all through that episode and a little bit of the episode before, he's whispering her, and she says no the whole time. Like he offers, he, he, they talk about going for a drink or doing doing a couple of things, and every time she says no, and like he gets her off the shift. And like flirts with her a little bit, and she's very standoffish about it because she can see that he's like one of those 
one of those kind of university lecturers who blatantly just wants to sleep with all the students or whatever. He looks like that. He's got a roll neck jumper on for fuck's sake and a blazer. He must be. A, <laughs> he must be a lechin whispering cunt. Um, and she spotted that straight away. And I didn't think she was going to, but she's pretty clued up. She just wants to do the course, but she spotted that he's trying it on with her the whole time. And she says no every time. And that's the reason he leaves her off the list. And he kind of says that at the end. He says, it wasn't that you disagreed with me. I don't mind that. You need to, what he says, what are you, I can make anything happen for anyone around this hospital. What are you going to make happen for me? What are you going to do for me? Obviously blowjob. But then that's where it finishes. Yeah. So that's the whole point of that storyline. He's been trying it on. She's been knocking it back. And now he's, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's what it is about. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, you didn't say that was the reason at all. So don't now just go. Oh yeah, 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 that's what it was. <laughs> no, you were doing it like you were, you were like a character in the show, and you weren't watching any of it. You've just gone. Oh, she disagreed with him. He wasn't like that. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. the story. No, she disagreed. At she all. disagreed with the fact he wanted to sleep with her, and she said no. You're that was right. disagreement. Correct. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you. you See, I felt like throughout it, you're like, oh, is he a lecture? Is he not? I'm not quite. Yeah, it's very well. obvious. It's it, again to anyone who's who's watching the TV and not just listening to it. It's very obvious that that's what's happening. Again, though, if you if you see a lot of cookie in yourself, basically you're <laughs> that lecture character. Maybe you're not too sure and you can't see it though. Everyone else spotted it. <laughs> it's worrying. So yeah, I literally put in my notes. He reveals himself as the end as a sex pest. Yeah, he's a sex. Yeah, for at least an episode and a half, it's very obvious. <laughs> but it's obvious to me. This is why you like going to the superhero films with Jess, isn't it? Because that's pretty much he's <laughs> superhero. He's a supervillain. That's the only thing you have to worry about. He's a good guy. He's a bad guy. At the end. <laughs> I, I thought it was a bit more subtle than that. I thought it was played a bit more subtly. I felt. Yeah, but it was. But you missed the whole storyline and thought it was something else. <laughs> what other films aren't you sure about? Shindler's List. <laughs> so Harold is called a dating agency. He's he's tried to well again let's walk it back a little bit. He's tried to spring a bit of a date on Rosie because they're doing the charity work together. And he's like, oh, once we've done the charity work, come round for dinner. And he's made it a little bit romantic. He's tried to spring this on Rosie, and Rosie's not really receptive. Received, dickhead. Recepted. I bet you that's a fucking word. She's like, not you, can be, you can be not receptible to something. Recepted. She's not been receptive with a V. I can't believe you're fucking Googling this. <laughs> Is recepted a word? In Lat- it's no. a Latin word, apparently. No, it isn't. There it is. There you go. What are we doing? (laughs) So, yeah, anyway, she's not happy about this. So Harold's a bit taken aback by this and he's a bit down about it. So he's like, right, he's he's been looking at this poster for the dating agent and he's like, right, fuck it, I'm calling him. I'll get on this date. So he starts the info. They send a woman around because it's one of those video ones. So they they match people and they send them videos and they give them a little video about this person if you like them. So this woman tries to film a video with him, but it's all very stale because... Harold's a lovely guy, but he is a bit stale and boring. He plays the tuba. He's a vegetarian. He does lots of charity work. He runs a cafe. He's not got a very interesting life at all. So it takes forever to do this video. And he, and he goes, he gets the video back. And he's like, oh, they've, they've finished the video. I'm not sure about the editing, Susan. Can you check it over and maybe give me some notes about what's happened? Tell me if it can be better. 
And she, so she does and she goes, yeah, this is fucking terrible. We're not sending this out at all. Cut all of this out. Let's do a new one right now. These are also my thoughts for, for this podcast. <laughs> 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 so they do a they do a sexed up video. This is not an idea for this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. We've had we've had a few guests. <laughs> so yes, they, they decided to do a sexier one together. So Susan's the director now, and she's got Harold in a Hawaiian shirt, and he's just he's he's vibrant, he's full of life. He's uh, he's determined to whip the girls up into a frenzy because he's a whiz in the kitchen. He will whip them. Uh, how do you think this video will go down? Do you think this will? Do you think this video will be? Better than the first one. Do you think it'll be better recepted by women? What do you think? I think you'll get a few crazy characters off the back of this video, and that'll be the next couple of episodes will be him going on dates with these fucking mad cat bitches, and then him him realizing, whoa, hang on, they're all fucking mental. Um, is that a blonde with fucking mental attitude? Yes, it is. I want no part of it. Or do I? I reckon he'll do that for a little bit. <laughs> I reckon he'll catch a he'll catch a glimpse of his own arse in a mirror where he's got a tattoo that says what would Harold do and that's when he'll come to his senses. You would think Tim. You would think. Yeah, yeah he'll remember he'll remember who he is eventually. Oh, no. When you think about this video, he's talking about like owning a cafe or working in a cafe. He's wearing outlandish clothes. He's talking about being all zany and a, a real character who's gonna whisk up the ladies or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> oh shit, is Harold the new ego? These are no, these are new you. These are made up <laughs> characters who are like you. It's mental how this happens. <laughs> People have said to me, like, oh, which character like do you think you're a bit like? None of them, because they're all made up people. It's half the fucking cast for you for some reason. This is why he wanted to do this podcast, because it didn't change his life. It created it. <laughs> it explains a lot. I'm just, I don't know, I must be obviously a, a relatable character that people want to portray. <laughs> this isn't based on your life, you know. Like, yeah. this this happened 30 years ago. Uh, you based was, you off them. Yeah, maybe it was a premonition. Maybe it was a warning, which I didn't hear or recept. You fucking recepted it all <laughs> wrong. It's no wonder your Instagram posts are full of spelling errors. Like you're, you are a spelling error. <laughs> Recepted. Sometimes it's okay to not spell things. Nobody's perfect. You've got two and a half kids. You need to learn these things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nobody'll get it, but that's my favourite joke of the day. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell, Adam's even set up now. Fucking hell, that's walking my life for a minute. Oh, it's a shame we've got no more story lines. about for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Adam's good to go. He could go for another hour now. <laughs> Tim, you have whipped Adam up into a frenzy there. Yeah. I haven't got another one of those in me for another few months, though, so don't don't hold out. As long as, long as nobody else has got another one in them for another few months, we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine when this podcast finishes, Tim's just going to collapse. And he's like, Grace is going to be like, what's up? He's like, joke. <laughs> I think I actually made Adam laugh. Shit. It's fucking funny. I laugh when it's funny. I won't when it's not. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad somebody got Adam's. Yeah. <laughs> but until next week, I do want to say thank you. Uh, that, was, that was a great joke. Uh, only took an hour and a half to get there, but thank you. Uh, Adam, thank you very much for tolerating this as usual. 
socials at Watch Neighbor. If you want to contact us, follow us. Still going, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel like there's there's some image in my head of you like going down a slide? But you're like, oh, I'm not going fast enough. I'll just talk. I'll slowly climb back up and then I'll start sliding again. And oh, I don't like it, so I'll go back up again. And out you go. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, dickheads. <laughs>